down. If you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I'm the best corner in the game. When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. So we sitting here, I supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. Did you remind the world yeah. what you said to me a few weeks ago that, that Tim Tebow was better in the fourth quarter than Tom Brady? Did you remind that? Did you not say that. the world that you thought he was better than Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, I'd take him in a one-game scenario, I would. Get your popcorn ready. Hey, what's up, fantasy friends, addicts, everything in between? What is up, people? Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy First Podcast here at High Stakes, and we got you covered live on Sunday night here, right after the football games. We got the podcast coming to you basically live, fresh off the press. Didn't want you guys to have to wait for your fantasy content, so here I am recording on Sunday night football for you guys. So let's talk about some topics we're going to talk about today on the show. The duel in the dome, Drew Brees, Eli Manning, what a duel that was. We'll talk about that and some of the fantasy implications. Also, Carson Palmer, Phillip Rivers still carving out defenses, doing what they do on the regular basis. We'll talk about some of the weapons that Carson Palmer and Phillip Rivers have that are helping them go insane. Also, just why they're going absolutely apeshit, if you know what I mean. Also, is Alshon Jeffrey a top five receiver? We'll talk about that. And uh oh, Le'Veon Bell scaring us again with his knee. Almost had a heart attack in Pittsburgh. Could be a torn ACL. We're going to find out more tomorrow. We'll talk about that. And we'll get you your week eight recap here on the Fantasy First podcast. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the sweet sounds of fantasy football entering your minds as we go through the show tonight, guys. So, the duel in the dome. Drew Brees, Eli Manning, it both respectively killing it in today's matchup against one another. Drew Brees finishes as the leading passer, went 40 for 50, 511 yards, seven touchdowns. Yes, I said seven absolutely killing it at 36 years old, showing the Saints why they want to keep Drew Brees going into the 2016 season. One pick, but anytime you throw seven touchdowns, we're going to talk about you. Absolutely shredded the Giants. Uh, You talk about a guy who was basically talked about as, oh, we want to move on from you. You're not our future. You've got a $30 million cap hit. Well, this guy went out there and showed the world that, you know what? There's still some gas in the tank left with Drew Brees. And frankly, I got to think that watching him play, spread the ball around like he does, he was taking a time machine back to 2008, man. 2011, year of the quarterback, baby, where Drew Brees put up serious Serious numbers. Looking at the flip side of it, Eli Manning going 30 for 41, 350, and six touchdowns, baby. No picks for the younger Manning brother. Problem with Eli Manning is that, well, he just wasn't as good as Drew Brees. Listen, Odell Beckham went off, scored three touchdowns, had some big plays in the past game, but when push came to shove, the better quarterback rose out of the two, and I believe that that is Drew Brees. Anytime you talk about what this guy does on a regular basis, now, obviously, this team has crumbled around him as of recent, but obviously, you can't not sit Drew Brees going forward. 
especially after a performance like this. Now, I will say that the New York Giants characteristically always struggle down in the Mercedes Superdome. This team hasn't won down there since 1993. That's over 20 years since this New York Giants football team has won in the Superdome. Honestly, in 2011, in that playoff run, if somehow, someway, the, snake, the Saints sneak by the Niners, I don't think the Giants get to the Super Bowl because they got to play in New Orleans. They suck there. So, but what a duel to watch if you had the opportunity to get a look at some of those guys, some of their numbers. Uh, just Eli Manning had a sick pass to Dwayne Harris, extended the play, kept it kept it going, was rolling out. We know that Manning's not a mobile guy, generally a statue, going to beat you with his arm. But he showed some pretty impressive plays where he extended the pocket, got outside, and waited for a receiver to get open. And that just so happened to be Dwayne Harris. Really good sign by the Giants, really showing that he can step up and be the guy that the Giants need him to be in Victor Cruz's absence. Now, he's not Victor Cruz, but... I like what this kid is doing, really kind of stepping in some big shoes. Also, speaking of duel in the dead in the dome, man, I'll tell you, if the Saints King can keep it up, in that dome, they're getting their edge back. I like them going forward. Tough division. I just still don't think they scrap it out, but this team could be a tough out going forward. Not so sure if I like their playoff chances, but in terms of fantasy. They've got some guys that could produce. Also, Brandon Cooks having a big day in the desert. Also, worthy note, Kyrie Robinson is no longer around to vulture Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram's now a locked and loaded RB1. Sing it with me, locked and loaded. Seriously, dude, if you've got Mark Ingram, keep trotting him out there. This dude is in for a serious workload. I even think CJ Spiller's usage goes up. I hate to say it, but we needed someone in that backfield to get hurt because we know that the other two guys are going to receive a heavier workload. So, that duel in the desert was quite an entertaining match watching Odell Beckham and Eli Manning in their hometown versus the Saints. Unfortunately for the Giants, it was too little too late. A little bit of time left on the clock. And we knew that this New York Giants football would probably give the game away. Because let's face it, they look pathetic. They look absolutely pathetic. They can't close out games. It's just there's no pass rush still. We can't stop the run. This defense just looks absolutely disgusting. So, I just, I'm not a big fan of the New York Giants prospects going forward. Let's move on. Carson Palmer, the 37-year-old, 36, 37, one of those, killing it at Cleveland. 23 of 38 for 374 yards and four touchdowns. Yes, I said it, four. This guy continues to show you what late-value quarterback play can do for your fantasy football roster. I highly recommend that you go out, you pick up Carson Palmer in a trade somehow, although it'll be very, very hard, after, especially after a game like this. Um, he just continues to show that with Bruce Arians, with Larry Fitzgerald taking a time machine back to 2008, 
with the emergence of John Brown, with Michael Floyd, with the time that Palmer's being allotted, these draft picks are coming to fruition. DJ Humphreys, I really like that free agent acquisition from last year. You talk about bringing in Jared Veldeer, franchise type of left tackle to really help anchor and bolster this Arizona offensive line. I'm a really big fan of it, so... When I look at this team going forward, with Seattle just looking like a shell of themselves, I like this team to win the NFC West, and I like Carson Palmer to continue bringing your team, your fantasy roster, relevant success. You're probably a top six team, probably on the verge of being in the playoffs in a redraft, especially when you get quarterback production like this at that type of value. You have to consider continue to keep trotting Carson out there. I know the Seahawks matchups are coming up, but it's tough to sit a guy like Carson Palmer, especially with that type of heat he's chucking out there on a weekly basis. Phillip Rivers in a losing effort, going 28 for 37, 301 and three touchdowns. Phillip Rivers, quarterback one, really putting this Chargers team on his back. Yes, they're not winning, getting W's, but... All you care about for your fantasy roster is getting production, and that is exactly what Phillip Rivers is providing. I really like this dude's bravado. He's got solid weapons. Now, it is worth noting Keenan Allen went down in that game, so right now it's looking like Malcolm Floyd's going to be the guy with a little bit of Dontrell Inman sprinkled in, Ladarius Green. So these are the type of weapons Rivers is going to have going forward. Now he's been playing like a goddamn god. He's a boss, man, so... I think you'd probably trot him out there unless you have better options. Um, and just worth noting, Derek Carr, the New York Jets going 23 for 36, 333, four touchdowns and zero picks, had a 130.9 rating. Derek Carr has arrived. Not that we already haven't known that. We have... But this kid is the future and the franchise in Oakland. When the Manning era is done, when the Rivers era is done, this kid is going to be the quarterback class of that AFC West. Get ready, guys. It's going to be a long, long decade for you. Also, with Alex Smith, uh, I don't care. You can beat the Lions 180 to, 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 to 3 or whatever it was as far as I'm concerned. You're still not going anywhere with Alex Smith, okay? You got Jeremy Macklin, Charkandrick West, Travis Kelsey. Woohoo! You got some playmakers. As long as Alex Smith is the puppet master, I'm not sold on your football team. Going back to, though, to Phillip Rivers and Carson Palmer really being quarterback ones. Solid, solid value. You can't go wrong with these quarterbacks. Just absolutely great picks to have on your fantasy roster. Moving on, Alshon Jeffrey. Is he a top five receiver? He very well could be, especially with the day that he just had. Alshon Jeffrey, a top six, top five receiver, top five receiver going 10 for a buck 16, a touchdown. What can't Alshon Jeffrey do for you? I personally believe with the youth that he has, with the hands that he has, did you see that sick grab in the back of the end zone by Alshon Jeffrey? What else can needs to be said about this stud? 
He was playing second fiddle to Marshall. People use the, oh, he's not seeing the best cornerbacks debate. Well, now he's seeing the best, and he's still putting up the points. Say what you want about Alshon Jeffrey. This guy's a major stud. He's a good route runner. Really big. Got the size. Got the physicality. Can go up, get contested catches. If you have Alshon Jeffrey in a dynasty league right now, kudos to you. This is me clapping for you. That's a great pick. Hold on to that kid. He's only 25 years old. He has a serious future in the National Football League. And whether Jay Cutler's the quarterback or whether the Bears decide to go through the draft and grab somebody, you know that there's going to be solid production with Alshon Jeffrey. I mean, who's who's better than him and who's potentially more consistent? Remember, the Bears were on a bye last week. And then before the bye, Alshon Jeffrey went eight you know, just went absolutely like saying monkey mode on the on the Detroit Lions. All right, so you've got, basically, let's run through some of these guys real quick. You've got Julio, okay, Odell, maybe, A.J. Green. you got Brandon Marshall, who's hurt. Calvin Johnson's struggling in that offense. Maybe you got Demarius Thomas. DeAndre Hopkins is obviously on there. But who's more consistent than Alshon Jeffrey right now? I get you can argue that some guys don't have the greatest quarterback situations and maybe Jay Cutler right now is better than some other guys, but you know Jay's just as inconsistent. You go out there, you, you, you go pay 150 to $200 to go sit at front row at a Bears game, and on any given Sunday, you're ready and willing to pull your hair out while you leave the damn stadium. So... When I look at Alshon Jeffrey, I personally do think he's a top five talent. Right now, I've got him at five. Maybe I'm a prisoner of the moment. We'll see next week. But as of right now, I love Alshon. Keep it up. Keep him locked and loaded into your lineups. And we will see as the rest of the season progresses what type of receiving talent Alshon Jeffrey truly is. Uh-oh! Le'Veon Bell, guys, had a really bad injury. Caught a pass from Ben Roethlisberger. For some reason, I thought it was Antonio Brown at first. But uh, it was a Le'Veon Bell injury. It looked like when he got tackled, someone he got his you know his knee rolled underneath. Uh, it just you know it screams ACL right now, and that's not what Le'Veon Bell owners want to hear. At least the good news is we know that D'Angelo Williams can and will produce behind this offensive line with a healthy Ben Roethlisberger. I just think that if you got Bell, you better have handcuffed him with uh, with. Um, D'Angelo Williams. Like I said, looks like a scary injury. I definitely am going to want to watch out for that as the night goes on, as the weeks go, uh, days go on. Uh, you know, keep that monitor, keep that situation, in, you know, monitored because if you've got a top four waiver claim, you have an opportunity at D'Angelo Williams, assuming he's under waiver wire. So it's a really, really tough break for Le'Veon Bell. I love the guy. I think he's supremely talented. Um, it's just, a, it's a damn shame. You know, he's very talented. He's fun to watch. We can hope for the best. Hopefully a Ben Roethlisberger type of situation, uh, you know, is, is, is in the works where it's just a sprain where it's a bruise, maybe four or five weeks he can get back into the game. So, uh, let's move on to some week eight recap action. London game. Matthew Stafford and the Lions go on to take on Alex Smith and the Kansas City Chiefs. 
And in what was frankly just a snooze fest from the fact from the side of the Lions, Calvin Johnson doing all that he can, five catches for 80 yards. Now we did aggravate an ankle injury, and that's going to be something you want to monitor. Luckily, the jo- the the Lions have a bye week coming up, so Calvin will be able to rest up that ankle. Hopefully, return to the Megatron. We all know that he is. Matthew Stafford putting in a poor performance, I believe, throwing two interceptions. Matthew Stafford once again showing the unreliability of his fantasy stock. On the other hand, you have Alex Smith putting up a quarterback one performance today. I believe Alex Smith rushed for over 70 yards. Uh, He was uh, 5 for 78 on the ground, rushed for a touchdown. Uh, You know, you can't really ask for more than that from your quarterback, especially when they threw for 175 and two scores. So Alex Smith really utilizing a great matchup, really got it in today for the, uh, for the, for the Chiefs, Chark Kendrick West, baby. 20 carries, 97 yards, and a touchdown. He's going to be a reliable, high-end RB2 going forward after the bye. He's going to be a guy that you want to consistently get into your lineup on a week-in, week-out basis. Also, Todd Gurley, the monster, just absolutely stomping down on the 49ers. A lot of it was with one y- with one run, but listen, that's what Gurley gets you. He'll hammer you, he'll hammer you, he'll continue to hammer you down into the ground, and then once you think you've bottled him up because he's rushed for a couple one, two-yard little runs where you've stopped him, then he'll just bust out showing who Gurley really is, just this mutant freak running with the football. I'm a big fan of what Todd Gurley does. Uh, they beat down the San Francisco 49ers 27-6. What a pathetic team the 49ers have really become, all because this team could not get it together. Egos clashed. John Harbaugh was helping this team win football games, and now it just seems like a former shell of what this Harbaugh administration was built upon. Um, so Jameis Winston going into the Georgia Dome, getting a win against the Falcons, not being amazingly good, but again, didn't turn over the football. You like to see that from Jameis. From what I saw, the kid had a live, active arm, taking shots down the field. That's what I like from Jameis Winston. He gives his playmakers an opportunity to make plays, especially down the field when you've got a huge Mike Evans to throw the rock to. Uh, Jameis Winston is showing steady improvement in this league. Again, we talk about no turnovers uh, with 21 points in my league. Serviceable high-end QB2, Jameis Winston. Who would have thought on his rookie year that both Mariota and Winston would be serviceable quarterback options? And again, uh, you know, I'm in a dynasty league where I'm benching Andrew Luck for Jameis Winston. Now, part of that is nostalgic. I call me a fan. I like Jameis Winston. I picked up the dynasty roster, and it already had Luck, so I'm kind of trying to do it on my own steam, if you know what I mean. Uh, you know, I've got Andrew Luck for when I need it, but you know what? Right now, I'm building upon the franchise that I drafted when I picked up the team, and right now, Winston is providing me with low-end or quarterback one, high-end quarterback two numbers 
the interceptions will come back. Listen, don't think that they won't because they will. That's what rookies do. But I like what I've seen from Winston. Really showing a little bit of Ben Roethlisberger out there. Not in terms of his touch or his accuracy, but in terms of just being able to use his body, shrug defenders off of him, keep the play alive, find guys down the field, deliver a strike. Again, we talked about it has a really live active arm. I'm really a fan of what I've seen from Jameis Winston this is a Falcons team that was 6-1 and one entering this week. They do have solid defenders. Dan Quinn is coming here, and they've changed this atmosphere. You know that the Georgia Dome is a hard place to play, and I like what Jameis Winston was able to do um, with the football in his hands. On the other side of the token, Matt Ryan not really, you know, doing an insane amount. Now, he does have Julio Jones. Julio Jones, by the way, just a flat-out freak. Uh, the guy just doesn't stop doing what he's doing. Uh, but a serviceable day for Matt Ryan. Again, you know, the interceptions are coming with Ryan. But anytime you go 37 to 45, that's very efficient. Almost 400 yards, 397 on the day, two touchdowns. Matt Ryan putting in a very solid quarterback one performance for your team. Now, he was in a little bit of a slump, so it's nice to see Matt Ryan rebound. Uh, but again, keep in mind that Matt Ryan is most definitely a matchup-based starter. He's not going to consistently dominate your opponent on the box score sheet, fantasy-wise. Devontae Freeman falling back down to earth, 21 carries, 88 yards. Again, when he's not scoring three touchdowns, he's a high-end RB2. Uh, and while I still like Devontae Freeman, don't expect him to continue this tear. The other running back, Doug Martin, 23 carries for 71 yards, was bottled up by this Atlanta rushing defense, which is a little bit underrated. We've seen now that they can stop the opposing rusher. But again, you like the fact that Doug Martin is getting the carries 20-plus again this week. Continue to trot out Doug Martin. Uh, again, he's a mixed bag RB2. Again, just because sometimes he'll get stuffed up, but then he'll just look like it's 2012 all over again, and Doug Martin's just running all over your face. Mike Evans, not the day you thought he would have, especially coming off of last week. Three catches, 48 yards on nine targets. Again, I like the targets. Um, I'm just not... Right now, this, this, this duo still looks like they're gaining chemistry. Uh, but again, Jameis is putting the ball up there right now. It's just a matter of Mike Evans taking advantage of those opportunities. So we will see with uh, Mike Evans. Charles Sims, three catches, 24 yards. Didn't have an amazing day. Nine point, 10 point PPR day. I like that at Charles Sims. That's eventually essentially what you can expect. That's his ceiling. Uh, as for the Falcons receivers, Jacob Tammy, 10 catches, 103 yards, and a touchdown. FanDuel winner basically right there. Julio Jones doing what Julio does. 12 catches for a buck, 62, and a touchdown. 13 targets, caught 12 of them. Very efficient day from Julio Jones. Again, continue to trot Julio Jones out there. You know that he's consistent, especially with Matt Ryan delivering the rock. I'm a fan of Julio Jones. Moving on to some other matchups. Again, we talked about Carson Palmer already, this Cardinals team. Michael Floyd getting a couple end zone touches, taking advantage of a game where John Brown really didn't get any looks. He had one catch, or I'm sorry, that's Jerron Brown who had one catch for 39 yards. Didn't really see much from 
John Brown. Probably going to rest. They've got the bye next week, so he'll rest his hamstring. Chris Johnson! CJ2K returning. 30 carries for a buck 9 Talking about in a co- contract extension, they might have found they might have been serious when they said they had their lead dog. Uh, again, Larry Fitzgerald, solid day, nine catches, 84 yards, and a touchdown on 11 targets. Continue to roll out Larry Fitzgerald. He is the PPR machine of this offense. Uh, Isaiah Crowell, 10 carries for 14 yards. Not a real relevant fantasy option. Duke Johnson didn't get find much more. This is a tough team to run against, although Johnson saved owner's days with two catches for 68 yards. Had a big 52-yard long. 52-yard gain in the game. Gary Barnage, once again, showing that he's a low-end tight end one. No longer a streamer, folks. You're starting Gary Barnage every week. Seven catches, 53 yards, and a touchdown. I like Carnage, Barnage, Barnage, Carnage, however you want to say it. I like Barnage, Carnage. Um, Brian Hartline. That helps nobody unless you're a FanDuel player who played Brian Hartline. Four catches, 32 yards, and two touchdowns on 10 targets. Whoa. Look out. Brian Hoyer's on, or excuse me, uh, Brian Hartline is on fire. Um, yeah, we talked about the duel in the dome. Eli Manning, Odell Beckham really coming to life here. Had three touchdowns. Also, Brandon Cooks for the Saints, man. Really showing what he can do. Again, you know what? It's going to take him a while. He's young, but you know Brandon Cooks can get it done. Six touch, six catches, 88 yards, and two touchdowns. Again, we said in the podcast last week, Benjamin Watson would be a solid start this week. We know the New York Giants cannot defend tight ends. Nine catches, 147 yards, and a touchdown. Whoa, Ben Watson on fire. He's like on fire like NBA Jam on fire, dude. Ruben Randall disappointing, 5 for 55, no scores. Shane Vereen, again, it's like playing daily fantasy with Shane Vereen. He's either going to blow up or do nothing. Rashad Jennings, the relic himself, uh, trying to do what he could do on the ground. 10 carries, 54 yards. Andre Andre Williams is just not looking like an NFL player. 5 carries, 7 yards. It's just... Andre Williams doesn't look like he can play in the National Football League. Mark Ingram, 16 carries, 80 yards. No longer will he be spelled by Kyrie Robinson. Looks like a serious injury there. So Spiller and Ingram are going to be the guys going forward. We'll see if maybe the Saints team goes out and they get a Pierre Thomas. Sign them to bolster their run game. They obviously need it. So, you know, just some more, you know, recap news around the league. Uh, again, the Packers on Sunday night really getting shut down by this Denver Bronco defense. Uh, you know, right now it's looking like 29-10 going to be your final score there. Um, again, I'm not sold that this Denver defense can get it done later in the year. Peyton Manning's going to have to continue to play like this. No touchdowns for Peyton, but this running game showed up. Again, Green Bay on the road. They look like a different team. Aaron Rodgers struggling to find time to throw the football. Not a lot of guys could get open against this suffocating pass defense that the Broncos have. Just an all-around bad day. Again, I love this Broncos defense going forward. I think if anybody gives the Patriots a challenge, right now it's this Bronco defense led by Wade Phillips really putting his mark 
on this season with the Broncos. They're seven and oh. Um, you know, way to go for the Broncos. Again, Demarius Thomas looking like a beast tonight. Eight catches, 168 yards. Uh, continue to trot him out there. Again, Peyton Manning not really going hard. No touchdowns. But you got to like the 21 for 29. I'm a big fan. By the way, as for your Packers for the future, continue to trot them out there. Just a tough matchup all around by the Denver Broncos. I like this Packers team uh, going forward, especially some of their fantasy assets. You've got to believe that Randall Cobb's going to be the one going forward. Uh, so, yeah. As for this Jets-Raiders game, Derek Carr lighting the world on fire. Uh, again, we talked about his stats earlier in the show, just continuing the show that he's the franchise. New York Jets losing a tough one. Ryan Fitzpatrick getting hurt on the first series of the game. They had to turn to Geno, and I gotta tell you, Ryan Fitzpatrick looks like a better quarterback. Uh, Chris Ivory getting all the touches he can handle still, even after the quad injury. Just this Raiders defense really played big. Uh, Seahawks, Cowboys, Russell Wilson, not the QB1 everyone valued him at, picking him in the third round. Uh, this offense looks stagnant behind a very stagnant offensive line. If Romo plays in this game, there's a good chance Cowboys win. I mean, it was relatively a, a game for most of it uh, with Matt Castle under center. We knew that Des Bryant wasn't going to be a factor again. A quarterback needs a receiver just like a receiver needs a quarterback. And in this case, Des Bryant needs Tony Romo. Seahawks win 13-12. to uh, DeAndre Hopkins coming back onto the map. I think he had seven catches for 80-plus yards and a touchdown. You go, DeAndre Hopkins. Way to get it going. This Titans offense continues to stall without uh, first-round pick. Marcus Mariota. Um, again, this... this Titans team is stalling. Ben Roethlisberger coming back. Antonio Brown getting in the end zone. But outside of that, this team was really looking slow. Ben definitely needed a week to get back into the swing of things. Martavis Bryant had almost could have came away with some big catches. Again, the big news here, Le'Veon Bell going to miss some time. So that'll be interesting and something to watch going forward. We know that D'Angelo Williams has produced. On the flip side, the Cincinnati Bengals, Andy Dalton once again showing against good teams that he's not that great, although they did sneak away with a win. I'm still not sold on Danny, Andy Dalton for the future. Uh... You know, you talk about A.J. Green doing A.J. Green things, just scrubbing the Steelers at the end of the game with that touchdown. A.J. Green, you're going to lock and load. Eifert had a down game, but you're going to lock and load. Uh, Marvin Jones, uh, you know, not the worst game in the world, right? I mean, okay, two catches for 12 yards. Actually, I'm looking at it now. It, 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 was, the, it was the A.J. Green show. Uh, every, it, everybody else took a back seat this week. Um, so, yeah, uh, Vikings-Bears, Vikings defense getting a touchdown, Stefan Diggs, man, doing it again for the third week, this kid is legit, get Stefan Diggs in your lineup, I don't care if he's not a brand name, this kid is putting up points, he can run great routes, get him into your lineups, folks, Alshon Jeffrey doing Alshon Jeffrey things, again, we talked about it. I think he's the fifth best receiver in the NFL right now, especially at such a young age, what he's doing. Um, and again, 
Finally, this Chargers-Ravens game, we talked about it. Ravens get a meaningless win. Chargers season is essentially over. You just threw $20 million at Phillip Rivers. He's doing what he can, but this team around him is not that good. They are 0-4 in the division right now. Just not looking good for the San Diego. Or maybe that's conference what I'm looking at, record. I don't know. I see 0-4, AFC or AFC East, West. Either way, not Looking good for the San Diego Chargers going forward. Their future is murky. And so, yeah, guys, that was our wonderful, crazy week eight of the NFL. Teams doing some teams doing good. Duel in the desert was fantastic to watch. A couple teams on by that needed it. The Bills definitely be interesting to see what they do. They come out and do week nine in a pretty hefty matchup. So. Uh, thank you guys for listening to the Fantasy First Podcast here on the High State Sports Debates Network. My name was Tom Jude. I'm your host once again. By the way, uh, we have the Facebook page now. Go out and check. Find us on Facebook. We're at High State Sports Debates. Go ahead and give me a like. Give me a rating on iTunes, whether it's good or bad. I want to hear your opinion. Also, check out the videos. we got Debategate, new segment on the High State Sports Debates YouTube channel. Right now, the question is, who is the best wide receiver in the NFL? You guys can hear my thoughts there. Comment if you disagree. Let the debate go. I want to hear what you guys have to say. Also, find us on Instagram at High State Sports Debate. You can find me on Twitter at Sports Debate Tom. So, thank you guys for listening to the show. We'll have the Week 9 preview show coming up later in the week. Also, we're going to get you more content. I'm going to have Lars Lewis. Editor, director, editor in chief at Rebel Media Group. If you haven't checked them out, go ahead. They got some great stuff for you. Uh, so we'll have Lars Lewis on the show for the YouTube channel coming up. So look out for that, guys. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We will see you here next time.